Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. We have a returning guest here. It's always nice to have you on. It's David Mathis. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's always great to be on. I wanted to talk about today's topic because it's kind of a trending thing that I see right now, and that's people who are stuck in the cycle of dieting over and over and over again, and they wonder why it gets harder. And you also have competition season too. And I've seen girls in their competition preps and they're like, this is a lot harder than that initial prep that I'm doing. And I don't know why. And so I thought that we could talk about that so people can understand what's going on with their body. Yeah, it's a great topic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very common thing. And I think, I think what I see a lot from clients that are either coming to me for the first time or people that reach out, you know, on social media and stuff and ask these questions is, uh, the first thing I always want to look at is, is what's your dieting history like, right? Like why, why do you feel like it's harder this time than it was the first time? And honestly, a lot of the times I find is, or a lot of the reasons why I find that people are struggling is really because of how they came out of that first diet. Mm-hmm. Like they, they more often than not, they, they crash dieted. Right. And so they lost a lot of lean body mass along the way. They lost a lot of muscle tissue while they were dieting down. Yeah. They, they lost a lot of body fat, but they slowed their metabolism way down. And then how you come out of a diet is going to greatly determine how your next diet goes. And, and I think that especially people that have kind of been in this cycle of, of dieting for 10, 15 years, you know, and just keep doing it. There, there wasn't as much good information back then, or they didn't have the right guidance. So all they know is crash dieting and then they're starving. Their hormones are all thrown out of whack. And then what do they do? They, they either binge or they just take uh, the calorie increase post diet too quickly and they gain a bunch of weight and gain new fat cells. And then it's just like, it just becomes this yo-yo effect and it's harder and harder each time. Yeah, I think a lot of people will do a whole lot of preparation before their diet, but then there's no sort of talk and preparation about after the diet. And that's why one of the first conversations, and I'm sure that you have this with your competitors, is we're going to have to have a plan after this. And so Mm -hmm. it's not just getting to the show, it's we need a plan after the show. And same goes for the diet. It's not just getting ready for your wedding or getting ready for vacation. It's what are we doing after that to put you in a realistic, sustainable place? And, and I I'm finding more and more over the last couple of years, I think competitors for the most part are starting to understand that a little bit more about having a plan after, after the plan, after the diet. Um, because, you know, there's been a lot of us that have tried to put out some good information about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm finding more that the, the lifestyle clients are the ones that are having, the hardest time, um, because they're not really, they're not really looking, um, most time competitors, I think understand, especially in bodybuilding physique competitions, like 
You know, there's a building phase and there's cutting phase. So building phase and cutting phase. Lifestyle clients, they probably have, you know, 30 pounds or something they want to lose, some of them. And, and all they know, because they don't kind of follow the science, they don't follow the, the rationale, is they, they just cut calories really low. And then to get them to understand going into the next dieting period, okay, we need to think about afterwards. And they, they don't want to think about afterwards. They're like, no, there is no afterwards. I'm just going to cut calories really low. I'm going to lose the body fat and then I'm going to hang out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to realistically hang out at 11, 1200, even 1300 calories for most people. That's not a realistic long-term approach to sustainability. So I think those types of clients I'm finding that are, are the ones that um, need the most education, but we all know those competitors that they just want to, they just want to diet down. They want to stay stage lean forever. And then when they're body starts fighting back on them. They can't control their hunger and they start eating and eating and eating and putting all that weight back on that leads to the next time prep comes around and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm 30, 40 pounds overweight and I can't get any of this off anymore. Why not? Yeah. I think a lot of competitors now do a better job at showing their bodies in like different phases, but like with someone who's like doing a fat loss phase for just themselves, like for like, just regular life, they're not going to show like, oh, I did this like keto diet, lost 30 pounds. And now I gained 30 pounds back in a month. Like they're not going to show that. Well, and they're right. Uh, you know, context is key in everything. Right. So I think lifestyle clients look at competitors and think that that's a quote unquote normal way to diet. Right. Because it is a, it is a more extreme form of dieting. Um, now we can do it in a healthier, more efficient manner to try to keep, keep as healthy as possible during prep, but that's not the way that normal lifestyle clients should be dieting, right? Mm-hmm. There's editors know that there's an end point. I'm doing this for a specific reason. And then hopefully if you're doing it on your own, you understand, or if you have a, a you know, a very, uh, trustworthy coach who looks out for your best interest, they're, they're telling you, okay, this is the plan to get you out of it. But lifestyle clients, they don't see that in between that interaction. They, they see the before and afters on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever it is. And they're not equating the fact because they don't know. They're not equating the fact that prep dieting is not the same as lifestyle dieting. Mm -hmm. That's why your goal body can't be like someone stepping on a competition stage. It's just not realistic. And a good analogy is, is you can't get your driver's license and then want to become a NASCAR driver. Like you're not, you're not ready for that. There's future steps that you have to take. And one thing I thought was good that you brought up was fat cells. And I don't think a lot of people know this. So your fat cells, they don't just fall off of your body. When you lose weight, they just expand and they shrink, but you can add more fat cells to your body. You just can't lose them. The only way you can lose them, I think, is through like liposuction, which I don't think we're promoting here. <laughs> and actually, so I think it was sometime in, I have to go back and look. I think it was sometime in 2020, I did a post on, on this and everything. And um, they, uh, they found liposuction. So, so like you said, liposuction can remove, remove it and stuff. But that doesn't mean that, the fat can't come back on. It's just that it's going to come back on in different areas. And it's weird. It's really weird. So people obviously have like liposuction in their midsection, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like if they go on and they gain a bunch of weight, it's like their ass and their lower body is, is huge now, or they've got 
arm fat and stuff like this, things like that, but their, their stomach isn't necessarily quite as big anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's like a, it's like a balloon. It's like a water balloon. Your fat cells are like a water balloon. When you, when you lose body fat and you're losing water, that water balloon shrinking, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't shrinking. And then that's why having that slow controlled, uh, reverse dieting period outside coming out of a prep or coming out of a, a long fat loss period. If you're a lifestyle client is so crucial because you, you can limit the, the regain or the, the gaining of new fat cells. Now, those fat cells you have will eventually start to fill up a little bit more depending on how high of calories you go, things like that, and how much of a surplus you want to be in. But it's that, it's that free for all when mm -hmm. you're coming out very lean state that you're in. Um, that's usually super low calorie, super low calories. And that's where you're going to find those more, those new fat cells growing, which is then in turn leading into the whole point of this discussion, making it harder to lose that body fat again the next time. Cause now you have more of those to try to shrink down instead mm -hmm. of just, you have just shrinking down. Yeah. And your fat cells, like I, I know that you, um, you just use like that shrinking analogy, but I like talking about like sponges because I think that's a good visual oh, for people. Okay. So like your fat cells, when they are dehydrated, they're tiny and that's when you're at your lowest calorie and at your leanest. And so when you start to eat more or pour water onto the sponges, they want to expand, but they're going to expand quickly if you're taking that water and you're just like drowning them in calories and drowning in water, like these sponges are going to expand, they're going to expand fast. And so that's why when you're done with your fat loss phase, we should be reverse dieting so we can just slowly add in the water and then your fat cells are going to find a good place where they're like saturated, but not like crazy expanding and making more sponges. Yeah. And, and it's. Now, fat is healthy. <laughs> Having fat on your body is healthy. Now, there's a point, right? Like uh -huh. we all know, you know, I'm not a big fan of BMI as a, as a measuring tool, but fat is necessary for proper hormonal functioning in the body, right? So going out of that dieting period, whether it be a prep or just a, you know, very low calorie prolonged lifestyle fat loss um, phase, you, you can't go into it not thinking you're going to put on some body fat. You, you are going to put on some body fat and you need to put on some body fat. Okay. You're not going to be, forget about performing optimally. You're not going to be thriving optimally if mm -hmm. you don't body fat. I mean, you ask anybody, I mean, you know, I mean, you're deep into prep and everything and you're not sleeping well. You can't regulate your body temperature. Um, for women, they're probably not getting their cycle. A lot of them aren't getting their cycle for a while men, you're having ED issues. There, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, that's not a phase or a lifestyle that someone should be aiming to live with all year round. That, that's mm -hmm. a horrible. Life. So don't go into this phase fearing putting a little bit of body fat back on. Okay. That is how you're going to ultimately change. And if you're a physique competitor, especially your goal should be to improve your physique the next time you diet down and step on stage. Well, you're not going to do that if you don't allow yourself to grow. It's like trying to build a house without bricks or stone. You know, mm -hmm. it, you might, you might have the workers there, but if there's no bricks or stones to be able to build that house up, it's going to stay level the whole time. So you want to build your house up. It's going to take some body fat to do that. Now, like I said, we don't want to get overboard on yeah. it, 
but there is going to be a healthy amount of body fat for men and women to optimally, you know, get to that uh, peak performance. Yeah. Most people have like a body fat set point too. Like I know for me, that's like a certain range that my body has almost always naturally sat at as long as I was in a good place hormonally and, you know, nothing else internally was going like wrong. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that someone's body fat set point is going to be at a place of holding so much body fat that you have difficulty, you know, moving and like with acts of daily living, like I definitely wouldn't say that that's normal body fat set point, because I don't believe anyone's body wants to be in a place where it's hard for them to walk and hard for them to do, you know, basic tasks. And so you will get some people that will be like, my body just likes to sit here. And it's like, well, I mean, that, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But I will say most people's bodies have a nice happy zone where they're at. And so if you're someone that's a lifestyle client entering into a fat loss phase, David and I aren't saying if you lose 25 pounds, we're not saying you have to gain 25 pounds back in your reverse diet. You might gain five pounds and then keep that 20 pounds off and then be at a more realistic um, level of calories where you can live your life. Um, and competitors, again, totally different crowd here, but they're going to lose weight and then they're going to gain weight too. And I feel like with competitors, the weight gain is going to be higher. Um, but I don't think that you should be in a place where you're gaining like 30, 40 pounds above your show day weight, because that can also be like really hard on the heart. Absolutely. You got to look at the, where are you starting from when you're doing the reverse diet, right? Competitors, are very low in body fat, they need to gain a little more weight than the average lifestyle client on a reverse diet. But I mean, th- there's, there's a give and take with, with everything. I mean, you said it perfectly. Like if you lose 25 pounds, right. And maybe five pounds ish or so during your reverse diet, but it gets you up to a more manageable maintenance calorie level to where uh, sustainability, I should say, uh, calorie level to where you're not feeling like you're going to start binging again. You're not feeling like you're going to fall back into those negative habits that put you up 25 pounds to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's some give and take that has to occur. And, um, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like that reverse ladder approach, like you, you coming down for fat loss, like you're trying to go down the ladder. Right. But then, you know, maybe you need to come up a rung or two to, to feel a little bit more comfortable at where you're at, but, but don't forget about where you came from. You're still in a much better spot. And then you hang out there for a little bit. You give your body a break from the stress of dieting and the stress of being on low calories. And then you're in a healthier place, maybe down the road, maybe six months, eight months down the road, you you tackle another little fat loss phase and you get down a little bit more and then you come back up a little bit, but you're in a much better spot than you were before. And it's just that, it's just that, that, I don't know, just zigzag approach. Like you've got to be there's, there's so many people out there that have a drastic amount, at least in their mind, a drastic amount of weight that they want to lose. And, you know, I tell everybody off the bat, if they're in this position, and I'm talking like, you know, maybe you got 30 or 40 pounds you want to lose, right? You, you have to, you have to remember that you might not do it all in one fell swoop. And that's okay. Um, a lot of that's going to depend on where your starting calories are. You know, if, if you got 30 or 40 pounds to lose, and you're starting at 1800 calories, you're not doing it all in one fell swoop, right? If you're starting at 3000 calories, okay, we got some room to work with here, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's where, um, you know, communicating as a coach with your client and being 
setting realistic expectations up front about, okay, we're going to go through this dieting period, but then this is the plan afterwards. And this is the goal we're shooting for because doing it this way is going to set you up for your next fat loss phase after that. And just having that open communication and trying to educate people. Um, I, I feel a lot of people fall into these traps because they just are not educated for one reason or another. Maybe they've had bad coaches that have led them down or didn't care about what their health was like afterwards. They were just using them to get transformation picks for their own, own good. You know, mm -hmm. Whatever the case may be, you have to lay it out as a coach what, what the expectations are in each phase and why. Why do we want to do this? Why do we want to approach it this way? And it all has to be in the client's best interest. Yeah, I think it's really important to set boundaries too. I have my own boundaries of dieting. I mean, if you're a lifestyle client, I will almost never go below 1300 calories. Just kind of depends on your height. And then same goes for, you know, lifestyle client, like set your own boundaries. I mean, I've had some lifestyle clients that are like, I don't want to diet underneath 1600 calories. I have to respect that. I mean, if they feel like, their quality of life is being diminished and they are having, you know, too much negative biofeedback, then there's no point in, in being at that calorie level and hating your life. And even on the opposite side to that, like for me with reverse dieting, I have some clients that want to have more intuitive base days, which is fine with me. I'm not someone that's like, you have to track every single day of your life. Yeah. Um, but if you want untracked meals and you want untracked days, you have to understand that your body weight might sit a little bit higher compared to the person that is going to track every single day. And even for myself, I mean, I track for five days on and I take two days off. I feel like if I tracked every single day, Hey, I might be one to two pounds lighter, but that's not really worth it to me to be one to two pounds lighter when I can have more flexibility. And for me mentally, that's a better place to be. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, talking about those clients that don't want to go, you know, say below 1600 calories, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but they have to understand also that you probably aren't going to lose any more weight, right? Mm -hmm. like, or your weight loss is going to be extremely slow from that point, which is fine. And it's all about like giving the person the best information they have or you have for them and letting them make up their mind. And it's, you know, not everybody not everybody's main goal is to get as shredded as possible. Some people just want to lose some weight and get down to feeling healthier, feeling a little bit better in their clothes, feeling like they, uh, I don't know, like they have more control over their food choices, whatever it may be, you know, but um, it, it's about meeting the client where they're at and getting them to where you want to be, but respecting those boundaries and, and respecting the boundaries you have as a coach and your own, because your, your credibility, your integrity is on the line too. And then respecting, you know, how far can you push them? And it's, it, you got to read your client. That's why that I don't do short-term plans, meaning I don't do month to month plans. And the reason why is because I need time to get to know that client, get to know their lifestyle, get to know their habits, and they need time to understand my process. Mm -hmm. Right. So setting those expectations up front about everything is just going to make the whole dieting experience so much better. And then the reverse dieting, you know, for as long as you need to reverse diet afterwards, everything comes down to communication. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing too, is with fat loss, I don't want people to think that fat loss is going to be a walk in the park. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're stepping on stage or a lifestyle client, like you're going to have times where you have cravings and where you're dealing with some hunger and 
you have to maybe say no to the margarita at the Mexican restaurant. Like you're going to have times where there's a little bit more sacrifice involved. And that's the other thing with your goals. Like you're not going to just have a goal and be completely comfortable getting there. And that's something you have to also accept is I think so many people feel some discomfort and they think discomfort, I need to fix this right away. And that's not always the case. I mean, even with my competitors, I just tell them like, you are going to be hungry. You are going to have cravings. It's just a part of getting extremely lean. And that's why not that many people look like this because it's incredibly hard to get there. Um, And that's why a lot of people don't reach their fat loss goals in general. I'm not saying that you need to starve yourself by any means, but a deficit is a deficit and your body's going to send you a sign that it doesn't want to change. Your body's just doing its job. Yeah, your body's main job, homeostasis. It, it's its main job is to keep you alive. So we obviously know little hacks and little things that we can do to try to, you know, achieve whatever goals we want to. But there's going to be a point, like you said, your body's going to start fighting you. And you know, I don't want to say this about everybody, but I don't think that a lot of people truly know what it means to push themselves. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's discomfort, um, does not mean you quit that, that that's a test that that is the test right there. That's the whole point is that is your body testing you to see what it is that you really want. How far are you willing to go? And there, there needs to be limits and there needs to be oversight and there needs to be, you know, analyzing what you're feeling and, and understanding, is that real? Is that something that needs to be looked at by a doctor? You know, is there something yeah. wrong? there are differences and there needs to be monitored, but you, you can push yourself further than you think it's your mind that's holding you back Mm -hmm. because you've never truly, and this is a generalization. I'm not pointing anybody out. You you probably haven't pushed yourself to this sort of limit yet. Right. But we, we all push ourselves in different things we have throughout our life. Right. But when it comes to my dog's over here snoring and it's just, it's so fun. I wish everybody could hear that. Um, all about you know kind of tapping in and, and realizing okay what do i want out of this right like how how bad do i really want it and only you're going to be able to answer that right but i think we get to this point where we've as a society over the last 30 years or so we've gotten to the point where there's so much stuff out there to keep us from getting uncomfortable on purpose that we don't really truly know how to push ourselves uh, maybe some of us maybe we know how to push ourselves physically right? But mentally is a whole nother topic that that's what I find. That's the hardest for most people is that mental push and that mental toughness and everything, but you have to, you have to figure out a way. I don't say figure out a way you have to set it in your mind. Okay. Am I willing to go to that uncomfortable place to get to where I want to get to? Like, this is a roadblock, the test. Am I willing to push through it? And if you're not, you're not, that's fine, but you can't complain about not Not getting your goal. Yeah. Right. And and I, I think that probably the majority of people that. Here 
on Beyond the Bikini, we talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be challenging to hit your fitness goals on your own. There is so much out there when it comes to working out, hitting your nutrition, and finding the plan that's right for you and your goals. Now, one thing that can make that a lot easier is hiring a coach and getting support towards your goals. I'm happy to say that I do offer online health and fitness coaching. I have plans that vary from support with training and nutrition and just your nutrition, and I even offer challenges throughout the year. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you check out that description box down below. You can also find more details on my coaching services at NicoleFerrierFitness.com or even on Instagram at NicoleFerrierFitness. All right, now back to the episode. Ever reach that long-term goal, I, I think it's because they don't give themselves credit and the ability to push past that uncomfortableness. Like... It- there, we, we as humans are very resilient, right? We have, we can push deeper and harder than we ever. I mean, you go look at when you're training at the gym by yourself compared to when you train with somebody, you always can push yourself harder when somebody's there, right? So we have the ability, but we don't have as a whole in society is the mental toughness to persevere through challenge. And I think that if, you know, if you're by yourself trying to do this, I can see where that could be a little challenging, right? But find the right coach who wants to push you, yet respect your health and respect, you know, not putting you in such a hole to where you're not going to be able to. But coaching is not just about putting numbers down there. It's about helping someone tap into what they don't think they can do, but you know, they can do. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times too, like I'm trying to think of for myself, constantly checking in with yourself, like is the discomfort worth it right now? Because it's not always going to be easy breezy. And like in preps for myself, there's times where like my cravings are really high and my hunger is really high. And I will like just be hanging out on the couch and like, maybe I'm with like Jake and I'll just tell him, I'm like, I'm so hungry right now. And he'd be like, yeah, are you? I'm like, yeah, I am. So just like acknowledge like how you're feeling and you don't have to always take action on it. Um, sometimes it just even helps to like get it out. Or if you're like, I had a really stressful day today, I would love to have a glass of wine, but I'm not going to, you know, so talk about what, what's going on mentally. Another thing too, is just like going back to the boundaries, like constantly check in with yourself. I mean, there's times in competition prep where I know I could keep pushing honestly forever. If someone told me to prep year round, I honestly could probably do it because I'm kind of crazy, but I like have to check in with myself too, of like, keep pushing for what, you know, it's like, right. why, why are we still doing this? And so if you find that you're in a, a fat loss phase and you're genuinely not enjoying it anymore and that it's not just the occasional struggle here and there, it's a nonstop struggle then that's when we can know to switch phases. And, you know, your coach isn't just there to make you happy. Like they're not going to just say, oh, you're a little bit uncomfortable. Let's change it right away. Sometimes it is about managing discomfort. And so there are times too with clients and they're like, I'm dealing with cravings. And I talk about, well, are you really stressed out? Are we putting temptations in the house? Are you not sleeping enough? Like there's other reasons why, cravings and things that can set you back in your fat loss journey that you have to keep in mind. Um, which 
you're really not going to know that either unless you can have someone to give you an objective opinion because it can be hard to see that you, you said something a little bit ago about you know like when you're in prep and stuff and you said something to jake like oh, i'm hungry or i want a glass of wine and all that having that support is, yeah. is through whatever phase it is i you know, reverse dieting phase it's crucial during that too because that's an uncomfortable phase for a lot of people but i mean fat loss in particular having somebody um whether it be a spouse a significant other a friend a, a coach whoever it may be you have to have somebody that you feel confident in that can support you because if you're not voicing these things and and i'm not saying like nag and be annoying oh, yeah. and all the time but if you're really struggling with something have somebody there that you can have confidence in that can help talk you through it or or be there for support and stuff because goals are not easy it doesn't matter what it is i mean every time you you make a choice to do something you are sacrificing something else mm -hmm. every time 100 of the time right you decide to go back to school you make a choice to go back to school you're sacrificing money you're sacrificing time. You know, it doesn't matter what the choice is. There's always sacrifices. So if you have somebody there that's in your corner, that's supportive of you, that understands you might be a little cranky at times during this, right? That understands not to take it personally and just wants nothing but the best for you. That's going to make each phase a lot easier. I, I find a lot of people that try to go about this on their own or don't have supportive spouses or significant others or anything like that. They're the ones that tend to fall off, right? Mm -hmm. Because they, they don't, they don't feel like they can open up. And then when they start working with a coach, they have this history of like not having that support in their life for their goals. So then they don't fully confide in the coach. And then it makes things a little tougher. I've had, I've had people I've worked with for, you know, six months that, you know, finally they, for, for nothing that I did wrong, but they, they finally started trusting me because mm -hmm. of their history. It took them a while to see I had their best interest in hand, I had their health in mind, that we were getting results, right? Until they fully trusted me. And then they started opening up and say, you know, I've kind of been struggling with this the last six months. And I had no idea because they didn't mention it to me. So having that support with whatever goal you're going through, it is so crucial. And if you're going to work with a coach, I understand that, it, you know, it, it can be hard to, to fully trust someone right off the bat. I, I get that. I mean, if you've made the decision to hire a coach they have to they need to be able to prove to you that they're worthy of your trust right but the sooner and the more you can open up to them about your struggles about thoughts you're having feelings the way your body's feeling the sooner they can help you try to overcome them i mean you brought up a good point it might not be hunger it might be habits it might be you know you're you're keeping this stuff this temptation in your household well, let's work on removing that temptation and see if those cravings start going away a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's going to be hard days, no matter what phase you're into. Like you're not just going to reverse diet and eat more calories and then everything's sunshine and rainbows. Like you're going to have bad days too that can still derail you from the reverse diet or even like the fat loss phase. Like that's just life. And so you have to be okay expressing your emotions. And if you're having a bad day and that's how you're going to get the support. And like with a coach, I find more so with my male clients, they tend to not be as emotionally in tune with their feelings. Um, and, and maybe part of that is working with a female. So they feel like they, they have to put up some kind of a front, but I've had some women too, where their check-ins, there's not a whole lot of words. And I'm like, wow, like, 
very few words here. I'm like, is this it for the week? And then when they're like, oh, you, you want me to put more? And, and then they expand. And like, I will never forget one of my male clients. He's like, honestly, this was a really hard week for me, like emotionally. And I'm stressed out with this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Like I can see more of the picture versus acting like everything is fine. And, and whatever, whatever phase you're going through, remember you're, you're in charge meaning like you made the choice to do this right you made the choice nobody's gonna force like I've never once said to a client that want to quit no you have to keep going you have to like you have the choice in this mm -hmm. so like take ownership of your decision right and understand that it, you're you're going to challenge yourself you're going to like Nicole said you're gonna hit some hard times and stuff but believe in yourself enough that you can overcome that. There's just the, um, I don't want to say like lack of self-belief or whatever, but I find that a lot with people where they just, they don't trust themselves. They don't trust themselves not to go have that ice cream that's in the, in the fridge, right? Or they don't trust themselves to be able to go out and have a burger and fries if they're on a reverse diet. Like your, your body your body is such an amazing, amazing organism. Like if you learn to get out of your head a little bit and, and start listening to your body cues a little bit more, start trying to be a little bit more adherent to the plan. I think you're, you, you'll see no coach wants you to gain 30 or 40 pounds on a reverse. Right. And no mm -hmm. coach really wants you to have health issues on a fat loss phase. You have to, you just have to have some trust in yourself and follow the plan and be able to communicate with that person like hey this is what I'm feeling I don't know if this is right like I've never gone through this what do you think and hopefully they give you some good advice but too many times I find people getting in their heads and they're holding themselves back in both phases fat loss and reverse dieting phase so you know that's something that probably dates back a little bit more in their history mm -hmm. um, and I've, I've had plenty of people that you know we've struggled with fat loss for a long time and you know, start digging into their history a little bit more and realize there's some childhood trauma and there's some, you know, stuff that they need to get sorted out because they're, they're sabotaging themselves in their effort. And, you know, so having that mental check-in with yourself is so crucial. Yeah. I, I mean, I have to respect if a client wants to quit, but I would also challenge that same person. Like if you do want to quit and you're getting frustrated, ask yourself, like three words and that is and then what then what's mm. going to happen oh, i'm going to eat whatever i want okay and then what i'm going to gain more weight and then what i'm going to be uncomfortable and then what i'm going to want to lose weight so it's like you're just going to continue that cycle and so when we reach the level of discomfort and you you say you want to quit well where is quitting going to get you and yep. so if it leads you back to the same place then you have to understand that the only way through that discomfort is through that wall that you've set up for yourself. And you have to go through it in order to get to that next level. Because if you're always the person that is quitting, whenever things get uncomfortable, you're never going to get through to anything else in your fitness journey. And hey, I mean, sometimes we do need a team and we do need a therapist. And it's not just like the coach and just giving coaching and habits and, and tips like that. Maybe it, it is something a little bit further. And I think that that's a great thing to do is to seek that help. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you are someone who 
has some trauma to work through or some, some of these limiting beliefs that, that need that extra push. But just know like quitting, to me, I don't feel like quitting should be an option because your fitness journey is going to be an ever going journey. However, I can see the person that doesn't see that because they've never had that for themselves. 100%. And, and I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves um, to look a certain way or do, do something. And then when that's not happening as quick as they want it to, they, they start falling into this, you know, uh, depression or just lack of confidence or whatever. But I tell people all the time, like, if you focus on your health first, like your physique will follow eventually. Like you you can't, you can't expect your outside to be where you want it to be if your inside's all messed up. Right. Mm -hmm. So for reverse dieting, for example, you know, we're talking about like kind of how to get out of the, the fat loss phase and stuff. If you're still, if you're so focused on what your physique's going to look like, instead of how your health is going to improve, you're, you're, you're kind of enjoy the process. Well, yeah, you're going to just, it's that self-defeating attitude right there. Like you're always going to find a reason why reverse dieting isn't working for you or why it's not happening sooner or why you're gaining more weight than you think you should like focus on your health and performance. That's the time to do it. Like there are certain phases. I mean, one of the, one of the ways I like to explain reverse dieting to clients that are not really thrilled about going through it is listen, there, a lot of people didn't like high school right? But like, they loved college. We'll, we'll just think of reverse dieting as the high school phase, right? You went from middle school to high school to get on to the better thing in college, mm -hmm. right? Everything in life is about phases. You're not always going to like the phase that you're in. Yeah. Um, I hated both, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I liked it after. <laughs> yeah. Your reward for all that, right? But humans are supposed to face challenges that is what makes life that is what improves your life you there is not a single person out there competitor business businessman or woman you know entrepreneur anything like that that has not gotten to where they're at without going through some some challenges and some sacrifices right like that is not there is no path success without through without going through challenges so you said something a few minutes ago about you know, somebody wants to quit, you ask, then what? Right. Well, ask yourself, where has that gotten you to this point? Right. You, you just keep quitting and you're, you're finding yourself. Why do you think quitting this time is going to be the answer moving forward? And, and just realize that embrace the challenge, mm -hmm. you know, embrace the, the difficult time you're having because two things are going to happen. You're going to learn from it. Right. And it's going to make you stronger. And then you're eventually going to push past it. And then you're going to overcome and succeed. Or I guess there's a third thing you can quit. And then you're going to keep hitting that roadblock every single time and be doing anything. Yeah. And if you are the person in that reverse dieting phase right now, you're taking a break from maybe these like chronic diets that you've been on. The last thing you should do for yourself right now is just say, I can't wait to diet again. Just yeah. try to be present. Like I know that this phase is different and it's intimidating, but start setting some goals again that are health related and focus on the week to week. And I have one client right now that I'm working with. And one of our goals that we have for her is to eat the rainbow <laughs> because she's been really restricted with her food sources and she's a chronic dieter. And she's like, this week I incorporated honey and I incorporated 
um, cereal. And so it's like, we get to incorporate foods each and every single week. And she went from the first two weeks, not really liking the whole process. And now she's like excited to incorporate more foods. And she's like, I like feel really good having these things that I know I've enjoyed as a child and I get to have them again now. In the past, uh, three to four weeks, I've had four clients coming off a, a, an extended reverse dieting period that either one is, is about to start a fat loss or the other have actually started their fat loss now. And all of them were, I don't want to say skeptical. They understood that they needed a reverse, but they did not want to do it whatsoever. They were kind of like this client you're talking about. All four of them said at the very end, even though they did gain weight, they gained some weight on the reverse. They said, my performance has never been better. I have a better relationship with food. I'm more energized. I got to go out and enjoy time with my friends or my spouse or who, you know, whoever it was there with them. And they're, they're even more excited now because they feel good to start mm -hmm. their fat loss phase. You know, they've said before, like a couple of them told me like, I was in like, like I wanted to start a fat loss phase, but my body felt like crap when I started. I was like, well, yeah, you were already on low calories for a long time and you wanted to go even lower in calories. You never gave your body that break. So reverse dieting, I know there's a lot of people and I've even, I've even posted stuff about clients that have lost weight on a reverse diet, right? But that is not the norm. And I am very clear with everyone when I start that that is not something you should expect, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to have realistic expectations into this about not only the weight gain aspect of it, but what are going to be the specific benefits to you as a client, as an N of one? Like, what are you struggling with now that a reverse diet is going to help you with if you allow it to? And putting it that way, how it can individually help their circumstance, I think help people kind of buy into it a little bit more. Um, I hate saying the word buy into it, like it's some sort of scheme, like it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's what you need to do. But getting them in mind to buy into the process is that's the first step to success right there. If you don't believe you but you're not going to do it. Yeah. And don't rush it. I mean, I've tried to rush my own reverse diets before and tried to jump into another prep because I was like, all right, like everyone else is competing. I want to compete. And now like this year, I don't intend to compete. I don't even know if I want to compete next year. And yeah, when I see people set, like getting ready for show and even honestly doing more cardio, I'm like, oh, I want to do that. But then the other part of me is like, but I also like really like the flexibility I have right now. And so acknowledge, yeah, I, I, there, there might be times where you do want to diet, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to, and you don't have to react from an emotional standpoint. Well, you're, you're right. I mean, that's, that's what's coming out. It's not the fact that I think maybe I'm wrong, I, but I don't think it's the fact necessarily that you, you want to diet down and you want to you just want to compete in yeah. something. And so that's trying to, why, I try to compete like with myself now. And I set like different targets. And that's why you see like so many former athletes that get into physique building, like bodybuilding, you know, physique uh, sports, because it is a, it is a form of competition that they can continue on. Right. Well, instead of always looking at a physique competition as, as your competition and goal, why don't you look at something performance-based powerlifting? Mm -hmm right? Something like that. Maybe Olympic lifting is your thing, whatever, CrossFit, um, you know, running a marathon, whatever it may be, but find ways other than just lifting. start the time to compete. I mean, 
compete with yourself with business, right? If you're, if you're an entrepreneur, put some of that competitive juice that you, you want to put towards dieting and towards competing, and you know it's not the right time to, put some of that towards your education or your building your business. Have that competitive outlet. It doesn't just always have to be about getting up on stage, though. Mm-hmm. One thing that's been like such a huge game changer for me is like training more with like the fitness division and like working on those skills. And so like once a week I go into a gymnastics gym and I just get to work on skills and I'm like trying new things and I have so much more strength now. And so I get to get creative. And um, this is probably like the first time ever in my life I've been like eating calories and just like trying to be strong. And I'm like doing things I never thought I, I could. And so it's really rewarding being able to, you know, move my body in that way. And so like, you don't only have to move your body through lifting. I've had other people where when they're in the reverse, like I've had horseback riders. And so they like want to ride their horse more, or they want to, um, get into some other, you know, modalities of fitness. Like I had a, I used to work with like an aerialist. And so she wanted to do more silk work. So you can move your body in different ways other than just lifting, especially in a reverse diet, because now you have the extra energy and calories and that's like a great time to like play around with it. You can recover quicker and everything. But I I think, I think one of the biggest things that comes, even if you take the performance aspect out of, you know, the benefits of a reverse diet is, and and what made me think of it is because I know you go to the gymnastics and I see you do it all the time. We've talked about it a lot it's fun. You yeah. enjoy it. fun for you. Like, and listen, I'm as guilty as anybody is this, like everything to me for so long was just about lifting. It was mm-hmm. just about it. it I'm not going to say it wasn't fun, but it's, it's like a drug, right? Like it, it does diminish in its, in its ability and its funness. <laughs> Use that stupid word, but down the road, like, right. You don't get as much of a high from it as you mm-hmm. did at the beginning. So you need to step back and take that break. You need to desensitize yourself a little bit. And I don't mean don't lift or don't train, but find another physical outlet that can just kind of respark it. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to play basketball. Maybe you haven't played basketball in years because you, you picked up bodybuilding and you, you, you know, you, you, you got off the court and you stopped dribbling, you stopped shooting them threes that you love to shoot. Like, Maybe it's getting out there and playing softball in a softball league. You know, there's so much stuff out there. It doesn't mean you stop lifting. It just means you, you, that's not your sole focus anymore. And you regain your enjoyment for just moving your body, being physically mm-hmm. competing with something else. So I promise you, if you really do love bodybuilding and you love lifting, it's not going to go away because you take a little time off and you go do something else or you don't devote as much time to it because you're spreading yourself a little bit, you know, more throughout. You will come back to it. You will still enjoy it. You still, you'll enjoy it more. You'll get that first time rush and that feeling again, like you did, like you're, you're rejuvenated. You've got the calories, your body's healthy, your hormones are set. You've taken some time away. You did something, you enjoyed yourself. Now you're coming back, you're refocused and you're ready to hit it again. Yeah. And, and I, that's a really important is to have fun with yeah. fitness. And you it's, can... There's not 95% of the people out there are never going to get paid for working out. Right. And I don't like personal trainers or coach, you know, I mean, an influencer, <laughs> you're not going to get, if you're competing, I should say, like yeah. you're not 
get paid for competing. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe you get a, a supplement ambassadorship or whatever, and you get some, you know, 10% of whatever, whatever, but you're not going to make a profession out of it. 95% of the people out there. Right. So have fun with it. This is something that's supposed to physique enhancement, bodybuilding, you know, competitive sports, whatever it is, it's supposed to be something that enhances your life, not mm -hmm. something that. So going through the reverse dieting period, think about things that you, you missed out on during your, your fat loss phase or your prep, right? Most notably for most people, it's family time, mm -hmm. right? You have kids and you, you were a little distant from your kids, put more of your energy into them, coach their teams, go outside and play with them, make fitness fun for them because you don't want to rub. You don't want to pass off those negative traits about diet, about food and about fitness. You don't want to pass those down. Remember, this is a choice you made. Your, your family didn't make it. Your kids didn't make it. Your wife didn't make it. Your friends, your boss, none, none of that. You made it. So it's your responsibility to, to distance yourself a little bit from that when your when your specific goal is over with. Now we all know about sacrifices. There is going to be sacrifice if you're prepping, right? There's gonna you're not gonna be able to go out all the time. You're you're probably gonna be cranky. Hopefully you have a spouse or a significant other that understands it's nothing personal, right? But that's a choice you make and you have to remember that. But when it's done, it's done. Get back to life. Make up for the lost time that you had, especially with family and, and kids if you have kids. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, you can have serious physique-based goals. And even I honestly feel like be a serious competitor, but you can also want to only train four times a week. And you can also want to have a burger and, and French fries once a week. You know, you can still have some flexibility. And I think people think they have to be all in to where it is extreme and it does take away from their life and your hobby shouldn't take away from your life, especially if it's not anything to do with your livelihood. I mean, I see lots of bodybuilders that have full-blown like eating disorders and they're just in denial. And so mm -hmm. bodybuilding for me is a hobby. It will never pay my bills. And so there's times too, where like I can, be hard on myself and like, take it too seriously. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, it's just bodybuilding. It's, it's just a competition. And so yeah. it's not that serious. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, um, expect a lot of yourself, you know, during a goal or it's okay to be upset if you, you had a bad day or you didn't achieve, like, that's all okay. The difference is letting it fester and letting yeah. it over into other parts of your life. Like, I know, I know there's a lot of people that want to lose weight and, and stuff like that, but like what goal is worth achieving if you're going to lose your lifestyle because, and lifestyle, I mean like your friends, your family, your social support, you know, things like that. Obviously you probably have to change your lifestyle a little bit. If you want to achieve your goal, it's probably, probably some habits in there that are keeping you from achieving your goal that need to be achieved. But you, you, you don't want to lose who you are along the way in the process. And, and that just, uh, that happens a lot. I mean, you, you talked about it, eating disorders, you know, people become depressed, um, relationships break up because of it. Why? Because, because of 30 seconds up on a stage, mm -hmm. like why? So be realistic in, in your expectations, find a coach that can set realistic expectations for you and just realize there is more to life than just always dieting. Yeah.
And you're like, and if you are someone more on the athletic side, like you're going to have bad days, you're going to have bad performances, you you might get last place sometimes. And that doesn't mean you're a loser. It doesn't mean you suck. It doesn't mean you need to quit. It's just, that's life. There's winners, there's losers with these events and, and that's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so kind of wrapping this up here, I wanted to touch base on one more thing. That's going to be how long would you say someone needs to reverse diet? Um, so th- there's a couple of thoughts on this. You know, some people will say you need to reverse diet for as long as you dieted. I don't really think that's the right. I think that's too generic. Um, I think from my own personal experience, reverse dieting, lots of people over the years, six months to a year is typically what I see as a pretty good time frame for multiple reasons. Number one, it allows you to go slow enough with the calorie increases to where you're not packing on a bunch of weight. Okay. Because reverse dieting isn't just about getting yourself up to another, to a certain calorie range. You got to give yourself enough time not being in a deficit too. All right. If it was just about calories, I mean, geez, we could get you up in the calories you need to be in within a week or two. And that's not what that's about. So typically for someone who has done a, a very efficient fat loss phase and, you know, not crash dieted, nothing like that. Typically around six months is usually what I see, maybe a little bit longer, depending on if they're trying to build a little bit more too. Mm-hmm. Um, people that have this history of yo-yo dieting, um, you know, I've, I've seen it last over a year. Um, depends on the severity, the length and the duration of your yo-yo dieting phases in your life. Um, kind of where you're at when you start the reverse diet and how fast you're willing to go with the reverse diet. Now, for most people, I think a very conservative rate is about 0.25% total body weight increase per week as a goal. Or if you look at it over a month, a 1% total body weight increase per month. If you're making steady increases in calories, typically one to 3% total calorie increase per week, that's a pretty good range because not all that means it's not body fat. doesn't mean it's all body fat, 1%. We talked about earlier, you're rehydrating, your body is rehydrating, there's water coming, um, refilling your muscle cells, things like that too. So typically speaking, I think for a large majority of people, sometimes somewhere in that six months to a year point is is typically a pretty good place to, to be. Yeah. I mean, if you want to gain lots of muscle, you're probably going to have to be in that reverse longer. Like David mentioned, the other thing too, I think could be helpful is even running some labs before you decide to diet to see where you're at, because I have had reverse diets where I've been in a surplus for eight months and then I get labs done and my labs are so horrible because of how intense my previous diet was. So that can kind of give you a little insight on the inside of your body before like starting the fat loss phase and then not really budging. Um, the other thing too, for women is like, just taking account anything that has changed. Cause I've even had clients who will decide to randomly come off of birth control. Like if you tr- decide to change something in your day-to-day life drastically, we have to consider that before you, you diet too, and giving your body time to regulate out. So, um, looks different for everyone and, and don't set this like short timeline of like two, three months. hundred <laughs> percent. That's not, that's not a reverse. Diet. It's a, that's a blink of an eye. It's so short. I, and, and I think you brought up a good point. Like what is your individual 
need for the reverse diet? Is it just because you're, you're really low in calories, like, and you need to get up or are you having health, health reasons that like we need to reverse diet? Cause not everybody that needs to reverse diet has major health issues. Yeah. Right. Also there's, there's people that are at quote unquote healthy calorie ranges that have major health issues too. So it, there is no one size fits all approach. That's not, I know it's not how you take your coaching. It's not how I take my coaching. Um, you know, it, it really does need to be tailored to the individual. So I'm a big proponent of getting labs done. I think for most people, twice a year is a good, a good number. Um, at least once a year, at least once a year. I think that's good. If you're a competitor, I think maybe three times, even maybe four times a year, depending on, you know, are you a natural or are you running gear, stuff like that. That's very important. But if something does not feel right, or there's, there's hiccups in the plan where there should not be hiccups, then I always suggest to people, let's just go get some blood work done to rule anything out, right? Yeah. Let's not, not keep digging you deeper. Or blindly <laughs> take supplements. Do what? Or like blindly take supplements. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would rather you throw your money at a, a blood test to make sure that we can narrow something down instead of throwing your money at supplements that probably aren't going to help anything anyways. So yeah. you know, supplements... And I'm talking like the sports supplements, you know, that, that most people take, they're, they're only going to work if you're already healthy mm-hmm. for the most They're not going to help you overcome serious health issues, right? Food, nature's own natural food is going to help you a little bit more body fat, having proper hormones, all that stuff is going to help you. So I'd rather send someone to, you know, go spend money on a, on a blood test. And, and at least, you know, if it comes back that everything's fine. Okay. We know. We're not second guessing ourselves. We're not all up in our head. We now have information to make a new course of action and we take it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I feel like this podcast is going to be really valuable for a lot of people. I know as summer comes up, so many people are probably wanting to do a diet. So maybe David and I encouraged you that 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 that, that might not be the best choice for you. And um, David, or the smarter way this time <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't be so reckless <laughs> yeah um david where can people find you i know you've been on my podcast a handful of times but this is the first time people are hearing of you where can people find you um yeah on in- instagrams uh the main one it's at coach david mathis uh m-a-t-h-a-s everybody always spells it with an i but it'll pop up i promise you um, I have a podcast myself. Um, Nicole's been on an episode. Definitely. I, I need to get you back on an episode. I feel like there's so much more that we could talk about. Um, but it's just the David Mathis podcast, iTunes, Spotify, you can find it there. And I have a YouTube channel, David Mathis. So. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Hey, this is great. I appreciate it. I hope everyone gets something from this topic and, um, it's always good to talk to you.